couple years ago, you may or may not remember, I was at a hardware store. And I bought several things, and I got to the car and realized I hadn't been charged for my paintbrushes that I bought. So like a good person, I went to go back in, and there was like 10 people in line. I'm like a smart person, I wasn't going to wait 10 people to pay for something they forgot to charge me with. I said, I'll take care of it another time. So the next day, of course, as it is with a hardware store when you start a project, you don't just go once. So I went back the next day, and I grabbed an extra thing of the paintbrushes, and I said to the guy at the checkout, hey, I, I want to pay for these, but I don't want to take them. Is that okay? And the guy goes, you can pay for anything you're not going to take. That's fine. And I explained the story, and they said, well, why would you do that? Why would you come back? Why would you come back and make a deal out of it and pay for it when, obviously, we forgot to charge you? And I said, look, that's just who I am. But a half hour later, I'm at home painting. By the way, one of the worst things in the world to do. No offense if you're painters. God bless you for being specifically gifted. But it occurred to me, I had the opportunity to say, that's what God would have me do. No, that's not pious. That's not preachy. That's accurate. That's what God would have me do and give glory to God for my honesty. Instead, I said, that's just the kind of guy I am. <laughs> All praise and glory go to me. So a few nights later, it's around Christmas time, I'm at, walking into Giant Eagle, and this guy is just banging the payphone with the receiver of the payphone. And he's so mad. Now, I realized from before, I'm about a half hour behind the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit should have told me at that point in time, was telling me to say, it's what God would have me do in the hardware store. And it took a half hour for me to realize what he had said. So now I slow it all down. All right, Holy Spirit. All right. So I turned to the gentleman and I said, would you like to use my cell phone? And he says, yes. And he begins to smash it. No, I'm just kidding. Wouldn't that have been the greatest story? <laughs> but he does use my cell phone. And it's so funny, as I tell this story, every, I'm not being sexist. And here comes the sexist comment. Every woman was like, you wiped that off after you gave it to him, didn't you? You didn't use it, did you? But in my mind, as I saw him talking to his wife and talking, I said, just tell him, God bless. That's it. God bless. That's all. He hands, he hands me the phone, and he really looked into my eyes, and he goes, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. And I said, happy holidays. <laughs> and I walked the rest of the way. Happy holidays. I don't ever say happy holidays. And I'm just sitting there beating myself up. Fast forward to a couple weeks ago. I'm a giant eagle. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there bought some Old Bay seasoning, only I didn't buy it. You see, when I was loading the car, putting my groceries in, I looked in the cart, and loose was the Old Bay seasoning. I had forgot to take it, take it out and put it on the belt, so I had effectively just stolen $2.99 from Giant Eagle. So the other night, I went back, took, the th took a thing of Old Bay seasoning, and as I was checking out, I said to the young lady, who I didn't know very well, I said, now I need you to pay attention because I have to tell you a story. And I explained to her that I had already taken it and forgotten to pay for it. So now I want you to charge me for this. 
and then just put it in the go backs because I've already taken the item and I am locked and loaded. This is what God would have me do. I'm just doing what God would call me to do. And so as she hands me my receipt, she looks me in the eyes and I'm ready for, why would you be so honest? What led you to be this altruistic human being? And she said, you sure you don't want to take it? It's probably very good spice. I just put my head down and I said, no, I already have it. And I just walked. <laughs> we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. I guess you don't have to. But, but Jesus teaches us to do that. And he taught his disciples to do that. So open your Bibles to John 16. He's been teaching his disciples a lot, and a lot of it is specific to the time and the place where they were. But as Scripture is alive, it applies to where we are today as well. He teaches us too. And he's been teaching them and, and preparing them for his departure, for his time on the cross and his ascension into heaven. And he's told them, look, this isn't going to be happy, happy joy time. There's a joke there about feedback, but I'll leave it out. He had warned them. He was teaching them that you're not going to be popular. And so it starts, John chapter 16, verse 1. He says, all this I have told you so that you will not go astray. He's warned them. He's told them that they're not going to be accepted. That they will face tough times. Why? So that they will not go astray. I could finish this sermon right now. No, I'm not going to. But Jesus teaches us so that we will not go astray. When the tough times come, do you go astray? I've had the opportunity to sit with some people who have had some loss in their lives, and they'll say things to me like, I've never gone through, I could never imagine going through what you've gone through losing a child, Jay. But when I lost this, I was just done with God. They've gone astray. And he said, I've told you these things, that you will not go astray. So that's sort of what we're looking at today, is how to stay close to God, despite trials and tribulations. Verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogue. Now, I could throw you out of this church. It's not really what I do. And in our day and age of today, you, you know, there's people here have been thrown out of other churches. That's how you ended up here. It's not the same. To be thrown out of the synagogue was cut out of your social circle, was to have a big X painted on you. You were cast out. And I know that there are people here who have been shoved out of their social circles. I know that there's people here who have been kicked out of their families. I know that there's people here who never even fit in in the first place. And Jesus is telling us that that happens. And it's going to happen. And he says, In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. Now sadly, we don't talk about this much in church here in America, but this is literally true 
across the world more than we would ever, ever imagine. The Christians are being slaughtered in the name of God. You might get ridiculed on the streets of Penn Hills or Plum or wherever you're from. You might get talked about behind your back by the cool parents in the PTA. Not often murdered. But in a lot of ways, your ministries, your spiritual lives have taken a big blow. You've been in another church and you thought you were doing a good thing and you got cut off. You were a part of this ministry, this service to God, and you got pushed out because you weren't quite right. All because we have to do what's right for God. I was sharing with a couple of people, I was listening to a podcast yesterday where it talks about narcissism in the Christian faith and in Christian leadership. And boy, I've seen far too many pastors who will never admit they've done anything wrong. And instead, they point out how you did something wrong. I'm more than happy to take the blame for anything. He says these things will happen. Why are we so shocked when they do? I I want us to rise to a, a not more bitter, but maybe a tougher level. And you know me, I'm not one to say to deny your emotions or your hurts. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let's process through those. Let's cry together a little bit. And let's get to the next level where we can see things for what they are and hear the Holy Spirit not be bogged down by our unresolved hurts in our life. He said, they will do these things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. Now, he's talking to his disciples. He's teaching them about how he's got to leave, how he's got to go. And so that's what these things are. But as he's talking to you now, he's saying, I have these things to tell you. I want you to know that I'm warning you. I don't get off how you can, how you can teach. Hey, if you just follow Jesus, your life will be perfect. If you, if you claim what you want, God will give it to you. When it says things like this, maybe this only applied to the disciples. Maybe, maybe we're never going to be persecuted. Maybe we're never going to be hurt. I found it to be true. I found us in our world today that even though you do all the right things, you still get hurt. I believe he's talking to us. You will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. Now that's to the disciples. Verse 5, now I am going to him who sent me, meaning he's going to heaven, yet none of you asks me where are you going, because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. Now Peter did ask him at one point, he said, where where, where are you going, and what about us? He asked Jesus for like this long, where are you going, but then he went to, yeah, but what about us? And right here, Jesus is saying, you're not worried about me. You're only worried about you. There's a part of us we've got to let go of. If you've committed your life to Christ, you've said, Jesus, you died for me, so I'll live for you. Okay, now let's, let's talk about how I'm going to live for you. And here's the terms and the conditions. 
and I don't feel like giving up too much, and I don't want to be very uncomfortable. Oh, that first part was great. You died for me, I'll live for you. But here he says, nobody asks about me. When bad things happen, do we say, Jesus, what do we do here? How can we glorify you through this tragedy? Jesus, what are you doing? And how can I help you in your kingdom through my trial and tribulation? The disciples are worried about themselves, just like we are. Verse 7, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, that begs the question. If he didn't go, would he have not sent the Holy Spirit? He says it here. Unless I go, I can't send the Holy Spirit. So you do a little research. You do a little reading. Why is it he's got to go to send the Holy Spirit? And you know what I've come up with? I don't know. I don't know. But guess what? He says so. Every once in a while, we've got to let Jesus be Jesus and God be God. He says, unless I go, I ain't sending him. But when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Now there's a very sneaky word there. He will convict the world. We talk about when you commit your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and enters in a relationship with you. It is God with us. But notice the Holy Spirit comes upon the world. In regards to sin, because men do not believe me. The conviction that the Holy Spirit brings, the opportunity to turn to Him is only because of the Holy Spirit. To be aware of our sin, to be aware that we are not in relationship with Him. Because the Holy Spirit comes. We are in relationship. We can have a relationship. And be aware of our depravity. He says it in regards to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. Jesus ascends. It is only the Holy Spirit which reveals the truth of God. In your ministries... And as you sit here and you go, what? Remember, everybody has at least two. It's what you do, feed the homeless. And it's who you are as a walking, talking representation of Jesus Christ. In your ministries, have you ever had that person? When you were sure it was time, everything lined up, and it was time to explain the gospel. And you did it better than you've ever done it before. And you explained it. And you were so gentle. And you were so clear. And you said, does it make sense? And are you ready to commit your life to Christ? And they look you deep in the eyes and they say, yeah, I don't know. And you're like, what? And then there's other times where somebody comes up to you and says, you know what, I, I just feel like I need to commit my life to Christ. This goes back to my learn to love. There's times the Holy Spirit does things out of order. And it's up to the Holy Spirit, the one who reveals the truth. But what if he didn't? 
What if we were never able to see it? Too many people say, well, I don't think it's fair that God reveals himself to some people and not others. Or that some people get to go to heaven and some don't. How about the fact that God could have just taken his ball and gone home? The fact that any of us get to see who he is. Praise God for that. And in regards to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned because of the fact that Jesus dying and rising again gives us a shot. Before that, you're dead in your sin with no redemption. We forget that. Too many of us claim to be saved and we forget what we were saved from. We take it for granted. And now, verse 12. I have much more to say to you. More than you can now bear. Now he's talking to his disciples. He's explaining everything that's going to happen to them, and that's true. But let me tell you something. He's saying it to you as well. I have much more to say to you. Much more than you could bear. Imagine he goes back, let's just say, let's go back 10 years in your life. Think about everything that's happened in your past 10 years. If Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, would have told you 10 years ago, all right, here's what we're looking at. Here's what the next 10 years has for you. Would you have been like, yes, Lord, it'll be my opportunity to love and serve you? Or would you have been like, I'm out. Deuces, Lord, appreciate it and all. It's amazing to me. It's true to this day. I have so much more to say to you, more than you could now bear. Contextually, with the disciples, he could be talking about, I have much more for your ministry and, and things like that, but until the Holy Spirit comes, you're not able. But let me tell you, it's very true in my life. God tells me what I need to know, and I listen to about half of it, and that's probably a lofty grade. But he says, I have revealed. No, he didn't. <laughs> I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Do you realize what a friend, what an advocate we have in the Holy Spirit? He will guide you into all truth. What do we want? Truth. We want to know what we've got to do. Doesn't say force. He will guide. And I take comfort in that. You know, I, I think maybe God's will for me is there, and I kind of go here, and then I'm here, and here, occasionally over here. He will guide you in all truth. Once again, what if he didn't? What if we had to figure it out on our own? What if there was no communication between God and man? And what makes me sad is we don't do it enough. You see, we, we've got a very good relationship with God the Father, do we not? He's the one we hide from. The one that we're, we think is keeping score. Maybe it's just me, you know, because my mother was always saying, you'll be very sorry. You'll see. That's God the Father, the one in judgment. Created everything. We've got God the Son. That's Jesus. He's my Savior. He's my friend. He's my pal. We get it. Then there's God the Holy Spirit. It's a little confusing. And so sometimes I think 
he gets ignored. When in reality, he's within us. And we need to listen to that still small voice. Some of us are okay at talking to him. We don't listen so good. And if it's enough that you can bear, I'm sure he'll tell you. And the beauty is, it's all part of God. It says in the second half of 13, He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to Me. Holy Spirit will bring glory to Jesus. And I'm sitting here taking all the credit at a hardware store of how great I am. And boy, we do that too much. If the Holy Spirit brings glory to Jesus, how much more we should, or at least should be our goal. We have opportunities to love and we shy away from it because it might be awkward. We have opportunities to give, but it might bring hardship. When the Holy Spirit brings glory to Jesus. He brings glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. And now he's referencing to the disciples his time on the cross and his resurrection. He's also referencing the fact that he is ascending into heaven and he will be back. But I think we can go figurative there as well. There's times where it is so rich in our walk with Christ. And the worship, oh, it hits every note and every word means so much. And there's times when you pray and you're on your knees and you're saying, Lord, where are you? And you don't feel it. Now you see me. And in a little while you won't. And then after a little while you will see me again. It's only because he was obedient to death and death on the cross. He fulfilled his function so that we could be with God the Father for eternity. And then he equips us with his Holy Spirit so that we can now do our part in glorifying him. But none of it was possible if he didn't go to the cross. And we have the opportunity to celebrate that today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day. I thank You that You sent Your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank You that You reside within us. Help us to listen. Help us to know. Lord God, use Your Holy Spirit to even convict us now of things we've done things we've done wrong, that we might confess them to you and be forgiven. God, we love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen.